This week on Where There's Whiskey, we are going to be reviewing the Glen Marnock Speyside, as well as discussing the differences between single malt scotch and blended whiskies altogether. We're also going to be going over your questions and your feedback from the previous episodes and having a chat about some of the questions that you guys have sent in. As usual, we're having our, our dram and, and we're recording this early in the morning. Uh, so we've decided to go for a, a lighter one. Is that right, Luke? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> That's the idea. So what is it? So we've got today a Glenmarnock limited release Speyside. It's a single malt Scotch whiskey. You typically find these in Audi. Bit of a bargain. I think they're around 25 to 35. Audi are known for releasing some fantastic specials, um, particularly uh, 21-year-old or older Glenmarnocks. They're usually limited release as well, but some of them have won lots of awards. This isn't one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Great, nice, cool. Cool, so there are, there are all these really good ones. We're, yeah, we're a step below that. We're not quite that that fascinating. Exactly. This is somewhere in between cheap and cheerful and um, something classier. <laughs> Whatever the next tier is. Aldi, they do, they do somehow and sometimes obviously you need to know what you're looking for but sometimes they do pull off some fabulous cheap whiskies um which are like how on earth does this only cost you know like 15 20 quid which is brilliant yeah i'm sure there's all sorts of speculation online as to what distilleries uh, or what blends of distillery uh, malts go into this but like i say it's a single malt so i'm not sure what um what distillery they've used but you can probably find that out um do you want to go through the, the nose, then palette and finish? Let me know what you guys are thinking. We'll start with the nose. What are you getting? So on the nose, I don't think we said this, but it, it's, uh, it's a space side. Is that right? This one. Sorry. Yes, it is space side. And so I'm, I'm getting on. on the nose that it's very, and I say this a lot because I'm very sensitive to it, but it's, <laughs> it's very sherry. Like it's very sweet. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very it's very very light, very nice. I think I'm getting um sort of a vanilla type of thing, um, and uh, you know, sort of quite flowery aromas type of thing. Very very nice. And it's I don't know how old it is, Luke. How old is this one? It doesn't say because it it's very if you proper stick your nose in, it's got quite a it's a lot of like ester flavors into like quite alcoholic. Which suggests it might be quite young. I often find Joel in, in compliments of vanilla. Whenever I smell vanilla, it quite often comes from an oak barrel. I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but um, I do get that. You mean a, a fresh oak, like a virgin oak? Yeah. A virgin oak, yeah. It it really brings out vanilla flavors. Let's have a taste. Ooh, yeah, it's spicy. That's nice. That's really, well, that's really good. good. It's not as so. I don't. I often don't like the sort of the sweet ones like this unless it's kind of a very treacly sweetness, which I wasn't expecting from this from the nose. But it is very. It's got a nice kind of caramelly uh, notes to it. Mm. There's a lot, of, a lot of flavor at like the 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 front of the mouth as well. I feel like the one on our last on our last episode. Um, 
that was with the tomatin, wasn't it? Like that, you know, that flavor was so far at the back of the throat, but it just stayed there for ages. It was so nice. This one starts off, it's very, you know, it's instant flavor as soon as it's on your tongue, but it's all towards the front. It's quite nice. You almost just, you can go over it a few times. And with the finish, I'm getting getting some spice down, getting some quite peppery uh, notes to it. Yeah, definitely picking Very up nice. on all those spices. Really spicy, peppery. And it's a su surprisingly long finish. Yeah, I think the, the texture's really thick, isn't it? It's quite oily. Yeah. Mm. I think that's why it's such a long-lasting finish. It's got a really nice texture. It's not particularly um, exuberant as a flavor profile. I don't get much else other than that. It's very linear, but it is a very good breakfast whiskey, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It's quite, and it's got, it, it goes quite well with my, uh, my breakfast of Thai sweet chili crisps. I thought I thought you were going to say it goes it goes quite well with my breakfast of more whiskey. <laughs> it goes very. Does does it usually work out that a sweeter whiskey, whether it's on the nose or the palate, the sweeter it is, often like the the quicker the finish. Like does that does that change it at all? Because I've often found that you know whiskies that have a bit more sort of a bit more density to it, a bit more flavor, but they're not as sweet. Those are the ones that have the longer finish. Is that the case usually, or is that just sort of, can that depend from whiskey to whiskey? Well, it's a really interesting question. I don't know if there's any science behind that. It could be uh, your palate, though. I mean, if, if you've got a particularly sweet palate and th that flavor just stays on your tongue for a mm. long time, that's maybe why you associate the two. Maybe I, I've yeah. personally not not seen that link, but now you've mentioned it, <laughs> I might look up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. And it, it's an interesting topic that maybe we can explore in the future about what defines the finish, like what... what... Mm. Because I get the feeling, and this is pure speculation, uh, but it's that, um, as Luke was saying, you know, it's kind of the thicker, the richer the whiskey, the the longer the finish. And but to mm. get those kind of sweet, maybe floral flavors, it's usually a lighter spirit, so it sort of disappears a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, and that's and that's what I'm thinking. You know, this sort of compared to, you know, like I'm just losing the flavors of the finish now. Um, but compared, you know, compared to, like I said before, last week's tomatin, you know, that was like, it, it felt like that was there for a solid 20 minutes and you could just go and it was still there. Every time you thought about it, it was still there in the back of your throat. So, but that, you know, that was definitely not a sweeter whiskey, especially compared to this. Like you said, Greg, it's, you know, it's a bit lighter, but it just kind of, it kind of fades away a little bit quicker. That's very nice though. That's really, it, really it quite is, pleasant. And it definitely leaves you wanting more. It's very oh, yeah. drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> good know. breakfast whiskey though. Like you said, Luke, it's a brilliant, brilliant recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Chose it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as well, like the, the, the strong alcohol that you get on the nose doesn't translate into what you can taste. Not at all. On the nose, it was quite harsh. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, it's very, very smooth. I'd agree. I think this week, Joel, what we'll talk about, um, Greg and I, we were on a whiskey Zoom call with a fantastic duo called Rhythm and Booze. Yeah, Rhythm and Booze. They do a whiskey tastings accompanied by them to playing kind of some roots blues music. Really, really good fun. I'd recommend it to any yeah, that sounds class. <laughs> enthusiast. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And on that, they did very slightly touch on the topic of single grain whiskey. Um, it was a subject that I'm not 
at the time wasn't particularly confident in so i just did a bit of research over the last couple of weeks so i just thought it might be good for us to have a chat around that see if you guys uh might learn a thing or two mm. maybe not maybe you already know it all <laughs> but it's definitely something that people get confused around if we if we hear single malt scotch a lot of th- the time people think single malt might mean that it's just come from um one cast because it says single or you know a single barrel but that's not actually the case the word single actually refers to the fact that it's come from one distillery what you find a lot of the time is single malts or single malt scotch whiskies typically are blends but when we say blend we're talking about a blend from within that same distillery so you might mix a 12 13 15 year old and they'll bottle it as a 12 year old they have to use the youngest age but they have indeed blended multiple casts of whiskey so single malt scotch whiskies when we say single we're referring to a single distillery the malt bit is exclusively barley if it's called malt it means it's made from barley if it's not made from barley then we call it grain and that can actually be a mixture of different types of grains which we'll come back to in a bit that's an interesting point with the the single malt being a blend of different barrels within within a whiskey, uh, and I presume that's just so they can kind of keep a, a consistent flavour profile. And it's really noticeable. Uh, it's quite interesting if you if you ever do uh, get a hand hands on because they do sell single barrel or single cask whiskies, which just come from uh, is just bottled from a single cask. And it is quite interesting if you, just as an experiment, to taste that side by side with the, the single malt from that same distillery um, to kind of taste the difference. I did that with, with Aaron. Um, I got a, a, a single cask Aaron and then tried that next to the 10-year-old. And it was quite amazing how different it was. There was still, obviously still similarities, but it was, it, was, it was very different. It was very interesting to try out. Which which did you prefer, Greg? I mean, I'm sure it was probably the obviously bottled ten year old, but like, was there was there sort of aspects of the barrel that you were like, actually, I you know, I preferred that part of it. Well, the single barrel one was a bit more interesting, I suppose. It had a bit more character just because it, 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 I suppose, some of it felt unique because it is unique uh, mm. in that it just came from that. It was a little bit less rounded, so it was it was quite it was sharper. Uh, similar to this, actually, it was a lot sharper on the nose, more of uh, those kind of esters in it. But it also, I suppose, on the on the flavor profile was a lot more uh, spicy uh, than the other one because I think they try and because that kind of you get it from the sort of the charring of the wood and all that kind of stuff that is quite unique to uh, to the barrel. So that was quite interesting, and I did like that. I suppose the 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 thing is, it's less kind of reliable perhaps mm. um so it was a, it was a really nice bottle uh, do, do you think with single casks you also get that excitement that there's not many people in the world that have tried this particular spirit yeah. in my hand i think that's one of the really exciting things and i worry less about the fact that they've not had to blend more of their own whiskey to get that um flavor they want i like the rarity of it as well mm. it's exciting i'm honestly so so jealous about that um, that you got to that you got to have that wicked experience because yeah I think you know Luke like you said I think half you know a lot of it comes down to just that you know how many people have actually tasted this like this whiskey that I'm drinking at the moment 
you know, I just think it's a very, very just exciting thing to do. And that's, you know, one of the amazing things about whiskey just in general. So Luke, in your research, other than that, so you've got the barley based, which is, is what we kind of know as uh, the, the sort of Scotch whiskey type. What other grains are we talking? Because I've heard of rye whiskey is the kind of American type. What other ones are there? What other grains that are used? Quite often you can see Canadian rye. So maybe theirs is the best in the world. I don't know. <laughs> but they tend, <laughs> Canadian rye whiskey um, tends to be the, the one that's typically rye based. There are other types, of course, uh, corn being very popular in terms of that's how we make bourbon. So most bourbon whiskey is corn based. Um, although you can have USA rye whiskey, uh, wheat-based whiskey, pretty uncommon, but you can get that as well. Wheat-based, that sounds weird. I'm it's thinking more like beer, yeah, but you can get wheat-based whiskey. Yeah, because I'm thinking about wheat beer, like Erdinger, and it's like cloudy, yeah. so I'm just imagining <laughs> like a sort of uh, a cloudy, sort of uh, quite fruity whiskey there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the most popular ones. And typically, most um, distilleries do use barley, but you can mix barley, wheat, corn, rye in any proportion as well. So mm. even just a sprinkling. Um, I know of an English distillery that uses um, different types of yeast as well, which is, isn't something that we talk about. And it doesn't have to go on the label, but all these different ingredients that go into whiskey, you can use variations of them. There's lots of other types of grains, of course, um, like oats and buckwheat, all sorts of different types of grains that you could use a little bit of just to change that initial flavor profile. Wait, so could you use just about like any cereal based thing? Exactly. And you, you can, can, but you what? have to call it single, but you have to call it a, a grain whiskey. Yes. A lot of those. Wow. Yeah, because basically you just need the, the, sh- the sugar turning the starch from the grain into sugar. That's right. Yeah, um, exactly. Just to start that fermentation. I think I think the only other thing that maybe um, confuses some people as well is when we talk about, um, they might have heard of blended malt, blended whiskey, blended grain. There's all sorts of different types of blends as well in, in the blended whiskey world. The most common is blended malt, and that's where it's just literally two single malts. From the same distillery or different distilleries? Different distilleries. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when we talk about blended whiskey, we don't actually mean just blended whiskey. We usually see blended malt whiskey. There's a there's an old Scottish tradition. I don't know how common it still is, um, but basically, it's when two two families are, are joining through marriage. Is what they'll do at the wedding is like each each family will have its own like family whiskey. And at the wedding, what they'll do is they'll blend the two to make a new blend for that couple. Uh, I've heard about that. And that's their oh, that's fascinating. family one. That'd be quite interesting. So it's almost like an intergenerational uh, infinity bottle. <laughs> yes, of course. What, what's the, I don't know what you call it. Like they hold almost like a chalice type thing. It's, it's called a wake. That's it, a wake. I've pronounced that terribly, haven't I? Yeah, that was an awful pronunciation. <laughs> it's spelled like Q U. Uh, a I C H, and it's like a, it's 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 like a welcome. It's a, it's a sign of greeting. So you you'll offer offer hoik to somebody. Um, <laughs> Good work. Yeah. <laughs> so far, what we've discovered about the blends is that obviously it has to be from different distilleries. So if you have two whiskies made in the same distillery and they're mixed, that that's not a blend. Then basically. 
that's where the word single comes in because it's a single distillery. It's a single okay. distillery's um, okay. whiskey. Okay. So they can blend whatever they want. That's but, why there is so much yeah. confusion. <laughs> yeah, but also, so if there's, so if there's not, if it's not mixed, if it's just made by itself, and it, it that is also a single, like let's say malt scotch in this case. Yeah, but that's a that's a really good point, and that's where we talked earlier about single cask whiskies or single mm. barrel whiskey, where if because typically Scottish whiskey is produced in batches, we're able to put it in a cask and. Um, leave it by itself and never blend it with any other whiskey, including your own distilleries. And then you can release it as a single cask. And quite often you'll see on the bottle, they'll write cask um, number of however many casks they produce. And that's mm. where you get a lot of independent bottlers as well. will buy casks from whiskies, uh, from distilleries uh, to bottle themselves and, and to sell. Um, so that's the one, the one from Aaron I had, it was a, a whiskey shop in Glasgow that, that bought the barrel. Uh, and and bottled it themselves as their own kind of release, I suppose. Wait, so how, yeah, but surely, surely, if you were going to bottle it yourself, what would you like? Would you be able to chuck like any label on it? Yeah, this one had a, a the label what? of the 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 bottle shop on it. I mean, they said where it was wow. from, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, the main label could just be anything. That's mental. If you can have the main lay or the main, you know, bunch of words on the label, just being like your own thing, like Jolly B's whiskey or something <laughs> like that. I like, I don't, that uh, <laughs> what? Just because? Just because of the name? <laughs> yeah, maybe but, maybe revisit the name. Jolly B's dram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, JB's dram. I like that. Um, Jolly B's yeah. twelve-year-old. let's not go there um so but yeah i mean i that just seems that just seems mental to me i'm I'm not no it is interesting and and you almost think like well what's the point um because you've not really done any of the work i suppose and i think uh, and you're just kind of putting out this thing but i think a lot of it is is quite it goes back to the sort of history of the whiskey industry as a as a business uh, and and about distribution so I don't think a, a distillery can't is is about branding and about putting out a consistent product. So that's why they 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 blend it all. Um, and I think uh, a lot of um, people who independent bottlers sort of it's about making an investment. So it's just they've seen an opportunity to do that, and then they uh, they they kind of sometimes blend it, sometimes bottle it as an independent cask. And then that gives the, the distillery an extra source of income. Uh, and it also supports, um, so a lot of these independent bottles have their own markets and their own kind of uh, independent uh, distribution networks. So I think there's, it's sort of a, uh, almost like a win-win, I suppose, for the industry, for that sort of thing to keep. Uh, At the end keep. of the day, yeah. Yeah. Um, Greg, you know a few of these companies that um, buy these, cast and bottle them themselves don't you there's like douglas lang douglas uh, lang's the big one um they they've done quite a lot one of the more interesting ones that i've had recently is is one called spay i think they're relatively new oddly enough based in glasgow or at least they have a big office in glasgow um and they do um yeah they do bottling specifically from the space side of, of ones from the space side region we had a really really nice port cask one from them which was 
probably the most port casky one I've ever had. It was <laughs> the actual color of the spirit was it was red. <laughs> um, wow. And it was absolutely delicious. It was probably one of the, it was one of the most drinkable whiskies I've had. Um, really nice. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned Compass Box, which I bang on about a lot because they're a smaller blender and they've been doing really interesting things, again, with uh, being very kind of particular about what what kind of spirit they want and, and building relationships with distilleries to, to, to get that those flavor profiles they've also done quite a lot of stuff uh with casks and blending and then maturing in in an extra uh and then finishing it in casks and they're saying that he the guy who runs it sometimes makes his own casks from different ones so you talk about a sherry cask and a rum cask and a wine cask well he did one that was a sherry cask but then it had the the, the barrel the back the cask like ends were from wine casks um, but then he got told by the Scotch Whiskey Association or whoever makes the rules uh, that he wasn't allowed to do that and call it whiskey. No way. Because <laughs> um, it has not a, an actual whiskey cask, is it? Well, because it's not, uh, he was saying that you have to mature it in a cask that's, I don't know, all the same type. Not, you know? not been bastardized. Not been, yeah, not a Frankenstein <laughs> cask. <laughs> it also did and, and i think that's the sign of someone who's in cask i like it the sign of someone who's doing something good is when they get told off by the people who make the rules um, yeah oh, yeah so we've, that, got, we've got to rise up against that because yeah. i think that would be sick that'd be so cool and one of the more interesting ones he did that is just properly not being able to call whiskey but it was an interesting one it's called the orangery i'm not sure if they still make it but basically it's whiskey it's a really nice kind of light spirit but he matured it did finished it in uh uh, i think it was just a sherry cask but with a load of uh orange rind in it so obviously that's breaking the rule around what ingredients you can put in but it was it was a really nice it was kind of like a a cointreau but it had the the, the sort of the woody oakiness um yeah that sounds yeah that sounds gorgeous actually it was really really nice if you can get get a hold of that then that's something special uh because it's like a Completely new spirit, I suppose, you know, it's uncategorizable. I wonder if we're going to start seeing things like scorpions in whiskey, like what they do with vodka. (laughs) I guess that's just very gimmicky and you don't need a gimmick to sell whiskey, but (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. Mm. It was sellers about something as well, about the the people are wanting to do, someone came up with a, a permanent maturation bottle so as soon, as soon as you take the whiskey out of it, it's not like wine that kind of keeps keeps maturing and keeps developing in the bottle as soon as you take it out of the cask that's it done so someone was saying that he he got a big bottled it in a glass and put like a oak stave in it to try and keep that what, maturation what's a, what's a stave well, it's just like a stick basically <laughs> Okay, so, cool. Just put, just put a bit of oak in it to see if it kind of kept growing. But obviously, the surface area compared to the uh, the spirit in the bowl is minuscule, so it didn't work yeah. at all. Um, but there's a lot. Of, I like the idea, though. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's kind of happens in the the wonderful world of whiskey outside the sort of very well. Um, very well manicured tours that you go on as we learned last week with the sherry cask fiasco <laughs> exactly what whiskey would you recommend to a 
a newbie trying to get into whiskey someone who's tried three or four and they're not completely averse but they're just looking for something that makes them think yeah this is definitely the spirit for me anything tomatin <laughs> we can't keep <laughs> no, but it's, no but it's so good that's the point it's so so good um one one that comes to mind that was a bottle that i got quite early on um when i started drinking i um when i started drinking whiskey and i you know was kind of i was i was becoming a lot more familiar with what i was seeing in shops and everything um and i'd heard a mate of mine talk about it was the was the glenmoray that's really quite nice the people i was staying with before she was a massive fan of that so i got a like i got i got a bottle for them before i left because i was like you know i know you guys love this and that is really quite pleasant it's very easy to drink it's quite you know it's quite light it's not too intense or intimidating or anything and i i that's the spay region isn't it very sweet yes in the cardu yes yeah. yes i believe so but yeah glimmerate very very nice not that pricey either so it's also wallet friendly um yeah i'm i'm a i'm a big fan of that still am haven't had it in ages but yeah big fan i i would uh suggest because i know that a lot of people talk about I think the famous kind of starter whiskey is, is like Dalwini. Mm. Uh, and I'm just full disclosure, I'm very anti Dalwini. Um, <gasps> I think as a, as, a, as a starter whiskey, it's almost like it's, it's almost pointless because it's not, it's yeah, it's very light, but at the same time, it, it doesn't show what whis- what's so good about whiskey itself. It's just to me, it's just another spirit. Um, and uh, so I would suggest as a uh, kind of a, a gateway, a gateway whiskey uh, to the harder stuff is uh, potentially something like a Glen Scotia uh, or even, uh, and then maybe the next step is like Scapa, I think is a really good one. Oh, because Scapa. the thing is with, with those is they're both, they're both very drinkable, very smooth, but they're, they're also interesting. So the, the, the Glen Scotia is a Campbelltown. So it's, it's a bit more, it's sweet, but as I say, in that sort of caramelly way, um, and it's, but it's kind of that, it's kind of that almost island uh, sort of uh, saltiness to it, which is good. And then the scapa, likewise, it, very drinkable, but it's slight, very slightly peated. Uh, and it, again, it's that sort of islandy type. So again, it's it's a bit more interesting, but and, and so it gives you that sense of where what whiskey can do, but without being overwhelming. Mm. Oh, cheers, guys. That's fantastic advice. I wish I had that when I uh, first started drinking whiskey. I went straight in the deep end with Lafroig 10. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa. Long time, yeah, so. I'm not surprised. Blow your head I off. I think they're both very reasonable suggestions, although a lot of that I've not tried, so I, I definitely would give that a go. Um, my personal suggestion, uh, hopefully it's not seen as a bit of a cop-out, but I would recommend just keep trying more and more and more until you find something that you love because there's such a broad range. I'd recommend trying um, from different regions first, mm. as I think that's probably what separates whiskies apart the greatest. So something from the Highlands, from Isla, from the Spays, and um, get to get to grips with those kind of flavor profiles that you see with the Islas being obviously heavily um, peated, um, Highlands being typically more spicy, um, and, you know, the softer side of the Spay region. Mm. So that would be my suggestion is just keep going um, until you find what you want. I don't, I don't think I don't think that's a cop out, mate. I think that's a perfectly reasonable, um, like, suggestion. It does. I think it says quite a bit about you is I like, just keep drinking forever. <laughs> 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 no, but I, you know, and I think 
and we've spoken about this before and I like how you you know you sort of said right well the different regions come with different you know flavors basically at the end of the day and that's how you can you know because obviously also everyone's palate is different so you know you know something that might be really smooth and quite flavorful for me might not be as much for Luke and so it like you've you know you've got to find out what works for for you and so it's good to be you know it's good to be adventurous and just be like I've never had this before I might not like it let's go for it you know it's 15 20 quid let's just see what happens you know um yeah you know it's good it's good to be a little bit uh maybe not over the top I don't think that's quite the word I'm after but you know like I said a little bit adventurous and a little bit you know just give things a go give it a try although one useful thing, uh, depending on sort of how, how into it you want to go, is that, uh, and I will just say we're not getting paid for any of these uh, plugs, but if you go on Master of Malt uh, on their website, they, you can buy tasting sets from them. So it's usually sort of five whiskeys, I think, um, and they're varying price depending on what's included, but you get, they, they do themed ones, so you can get ones get a tasting set that's got one from each, a, a typical whiskey from each region. Um, you, there's also ones about different casks. So it's got like a, uh, each one's got a different, uh, finished in a different cask. So they're quite useful in terms of, because obviously buying a whole bottle of whiskey is a bit risky if you don't know if you're going to like it. So something like that's, that's quite, that's really quite useful. Point, yeah. and, and it's quite interesting because you can drink a bottle of whiskey and be like, oh, that was nice. But it's always good to be able to compare it to something. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's distributed by um, a company called Drinks by the Dram, but you can buy that on masterofmalt.com, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea. Uh, the other the other thing that we quite often do is um, we, we've got a group of um, friends that are all interested in whiskey. So if you can build a social circle around that, whenever we meet up, obviously current climate is a bit more difficult, but you can all bring a bottle and just try different parts, uh, try different uh, whiskeys um so if there's 10 of you going you've got 10 different whiskies to try it's always a good night <laughs> <laughs> and depending on where you live you know there might be shops doing um tastings and things like that yeah so guys what did you think of the glen marnock Speyside limited release out of 10 i finished mine uh and it was very nice out of 10, I should write down what I gave the other ones as a point of reference, but I really liked it. I'm a big fan of drinkable whiskies, and I thought that was very, very drinkable. It does help if you can actually drink the whiskey. I, I, I find that too. I find that a uh, big bonus. But <laughs> right, so, right. uh, I'll, I'll, out of 10, out of 10. I'll get my thesaurus out. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 7. Oof. Oh my gosh, seven. Okay, I give it a three. Oh, for me, it's everything a whiskey shouldn't be. It's um, it's it's got no depth. It doesn't have a an interesting flavor profile. It doesn't have any fruits. It doesn't really, for me, get any citrusy. It doesn't really capture much of like any bourbon cask or any kind of cask in terms of woody flavors. And as I've said before, virgin oak for me, which I'm pretty confident that would have been based on the the nose and the palate it does nothing for me i'm really disappointed by it but that's okay because it's from aldi and it was cheap and cheerful mm. and like greg <laughs> says very drinkable i drank all of mine nice breakfast whiskey and joel uh yeah i mean i think the funny thing is is that yeah i i 
see where both of you were coming from. Um, I also like a very drinkable whiskey that you can just drink and enjoy. Uh, I also finished mine. And and so I think it's not exactly something that's going to leave you sitting there like, wow, like, you know, this, this is amazing. But it is something that you, it's very, it's very nice. It's very relaxing. It's a very good breakfast whiskey. So I'm going to give it a, a six because it's not, awful but it's not it's not no, it's, 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 it's not tomatin it's not tomatin that's just that's how i bleed the stuff man <laughs> um but yeah so i mean relatively high average ish I, th- I think it depends what you want the whiskey for uh, i know luke's very analytical uh and and he's got a very good palate um so i suppose you're looking for like say that complexity whereas i think i'm very much it's half one i only got up an hour and a half ago and i've not had anything for breakfast and that hit the spot 